Good evening, everyone. Uh, it's a snowy night on the East Coast. Um, about 24 hours ago, the Philadelphia 76ers had a winter miracle against the Pacers. They come from 16 point. They come from behind in the fourth quarter and upset the Pacers without Joel Embiid. Um, it was just a great game overall. How are you feeling about this, Coy? Oh, I'm ecstatic, and you know, I know both of us did not watch the full game uh, for one reason or another, so we were both pretty surprised when we saw that we had the lead and we were about to win it. Yeah, I was doing this research paper last night. Um, I was, you know, procrastinated, put it off to the last minute, so, and when the Sixers, it didn't look like this game was going to be very pretty, I just had to turn the game off and finish up that schoolwork, and then you know, I was just casually checking the score every five, ten minutes or so. And then um, I, just, I just, you know, just to see, make sure nothing crazy happens. And then I check it and all of a sudden we're winning by however many points. And the last time I checked, we were down by like 15 with, you know, seven, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was just crazy. I made sure I recorded the game so I could go back and watch it later. But I, And when I did go back and watch it, I was very happy with what I saw. It was just I'm going to say right now, I think this was the best win of the Sixers just their entire season um, for a multitude of reasons. And, like, best win is, like, a weird thing to say because you can't really qualify, like, how good a win is. A win's a win. But the fact that we didn't have Embiid, um, just some of the adjustments that Doc Rivers made, which I'm sure we'll talk about, guys like Furkan Korkmaz, Matisse Thibel, just carrying the load off the bench and – I, I, ben Simmons has best game, uh, a season high in points. So does Tobias Harris, his season high in points at 27. It was just a great game overall. Um, and it really, like, this would never have happened in the Brett Brown era of the Sixers. And it just shows how much this team really needs to be taken more seriously than they did a year or two ago. Yeah, and I think, obviously, all you said there was facts. You know, the Brett Brown thing, I've heard that from so many people. I think everybody's on page with Doc, Refer- Doc Rivers. Uh, but I think the main reason that this is the best win yet in the Sixers for the Sixers is obviously without Embiid. You know, before this, the Sixers were 0-6 without Embiid. That's, that is terrible. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, they've obviously struggled. You know, I, I was saying things bet against the Sixers when Embiid's not in the lineup. And how could you not? I mean, really. But, I mean, they proved them wrong. You said something about procrastination for schoolwork. Sixers procrastinated to win this game till very, very late. But, you know, this game for me, I didn't, it was, I mean, I watched the first, I watched like half the first quarter and the whole second quarter. And then I couldn't get it because I had a streaming problem. So I just ended up watching the Flyers. But it, there was, we had barely any defense. It was just very weird game. You know, whenever Embiid's not in, it's just, it's noticeable. But this is just like, it just felt weird. I don't, I can't describe it. But the Pacers, you know, Malcolm Brogdon looked really good in that first half, but it wasn't really enough. You know, Tobias Harris, obviously, like you said, stepped up. So did Ben Simmons, and we'll get into all the other guys in a couple of seconds. But, yeah, I mean, this was a huge win because the Nets tragically lost to the Wizards on a crazy game, and so we gained a game on them. Uh, now we have a two-and-a-half game lead in the East. Yeah, that procrastination line was a good one. But Tobias, I mean, well, let's talk. I'll talk about this first. The first half. Um, our defense was just not getting it done. Uh, the Pacers were basically getting to the rim at whenever they wanted to, and that was a problem because, you know, they're getting high 
percentage shots at the rim, and obviously they're going to outscore us when they're able to do that. But then the second half, well, I shouldn't say the fourth quarter because the third quarter wasn't much different from the first half. But um, in that fourth quarter, when Doc Rivers switched to that two-three zone with Ben Simmons and Matisse Slybel at the top of it, it it was just so crazy to watch and. I just want to talk about Matisse for a second because he had, in the fourth quarter, probably the best individual performance on the defensive end in a single quarter I, that I may have ever seen. This guy had... And he had that clutch and one too. He had yeah. the clutch and one to give us that huge lead. Yeah, he's really like... You could say he's... There's a number of guys who stepped up and really did the, got the job done, but you could say he's like the most important in this win because in the fourth quarter, just... A couple of numbers for you. He had 11 deflections. So, wow. like, when you think about that, there's probably like 20, 25 possessions per quarter. Um, maybe a little bit more, but that's really, like, the rate he's doing that at, he's getting, like, a deflection on the ball every other time that the Pacers have a have, take the ball. Like, that's just um, unheard of. Four steals, two blocks, and he had some clutch ones too, like some stops at the rim that really helped us. And it just, I can't stress how insane it was. Like you, you just have to watch it. It's just, I can't put it into words, how mind blown, jaw dropping, awestruck I was watching this, uh, this young guy, Matisse Seibel, just do his thing on the defensive end in that fourth quarter. Yeah. Seibel, you know, it makes me regret saying what I said about him in a trade package. I I do want to keep him. Uh, It's going to be hard if we ever do trade for somebody. But I was really getting to, going to get ready to rip the Sixers and how they're going to need trade for somebody because we cannot win games without Embiid. You know, obviously we won, so I'm going to hold it off for a couple more games without Embiid. But I'll tell you something. From for my personal, like, from what I saw, this is like the first game where I really saw how good Sabonis can be. I mean, I've never really been a Sabonis guy. And he only shot 8 of 17, but some of those buckets he had were really – I mean, the most contested buckets you could see and through fouls and everything. He just looked really good. Uh, he looks like a jerk, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like the thing with Sabonis in this game is that the Sixers exploited him a lot with Tobias Harris on the offensive end or on our offensive end where you'd see T- Sabonis lined up on Tobias because Tobias is playing the four and the Pacers have two big men out there. And Tobias is obviously a lot quicker than Sabonis, who's not quite exactly a fleet of foot. And he was able to, like, get some easy looks off of that matchup. But um, then on the other end, it was kind of a mismatch for the Pacers, too, because Sabonis was just having his way against Tobias. And, um, you know, it goes both ways. But Sabonis, a lot of people say he did not deserve to make the All-Star game last year. That is one area where I would disagree with um, the public because I just feel like he had a really good season last year. The Pacers were a good team, and he just deserved it. And I think the same is true this year, except for Malcolm Brogdon, because he's, I mean, I don't like the words overrated and underrated. I think they're really cliche, but Brogdon, is de- there's no denying that he's a guy who just flies under the radar and doesn't get enough uh, credit for some of the, some like just his production on the court, his level of talent. Um, because on the Pacers, I mean, I feel like yeah. the Pacers never get recognized. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he had 25 last night, pretty efficient scoring. He, he plays good defense, just a good team player, does it all. Um, 
I'm not sure why the Bucks let him go a couple years ago when they did in free agency, or I think it was actually restricted free agency too. Um, don't quote me on that though, but he's just he's such a good player, and I think, um, like I said, he just flies under the radar. Nobody talks about Malcolm Brogdon, but he's re- he really should be an All Star this year, in my opinion. Yeah, and I was watching NBA Game Time late last night, and it seems like a lot of people agree with you that he should be an All Star, and. You know, I even in our pre pre like uh, whatever is pre power forward predictions for this year for preseason, I was even saying like how I don't think Sabonis would be that good this year. Uh, he's proved me wrong. He's having a really good season. I thought last year was just kind of like a fluke year, proves me wrong. But yeah, like you said with Brogdon, he was really good. And the last thing I'd like to say about the Pacers is Aaron Holiday was on fire. You know, he shot seven eleven with seventeen points. He was an absolute bucket last night. And. One more guy I want to talk about a little bit or touch base on is Miles Turner because um, a few days ago, earlier on in the week, uh, before Embiid was ruled out, he was saying some stuff like it was in a respectful manner, but he was saying like, if I think the quote was, if I'm the guy who I think I am, then I will be able to stop Embiid or something like that. And really, he has been a great uh, rim protector and just post defender, uh, paint protector, whatever you want to call it, this season. He's like, when you look at it statistically, he's pretty much been the best room protector in the league. And I think he's worthy of defensive player of the year consideration if the season ended today. But um, that was not the case. Well, I mean, I, I guess his defense wasn't that bad, but he ended up fouled out against like Dwight Howard and Tony Bradley. He couldn't even handle those guys, much less Embiid. Imagine if Embiid was there. Uh, that would have been yeah. a nightmare for him. But uh, I still, I don't want to like knock him too much because I think he's a good player and he just had a pretty bad game. He was picking up too many fouls. Yeah, and I think Miles Turner should be traded from the Pacers. I think his run with Indiana is over. Um, I would say the Sixers could go get him, but we don't. We really don't need a big guy like him. All right, let's go into the Sixers now. You know, we've already talked a little bit about like Harris. Uh, let's talk about Simmons first. You know, we obviously have to the way he played 21 points, six rebounds, seven assists, four steals, two blocks. Shot nine to twelve, just about as efficient as night as possible. Uh, but still, I would really like him to shoot fifteen field goals at the least when Embiid's not in. But obviously, he got the job done. Job done last night. Yeah, really happy with how Simmons played. I think this is the best game of the year. Obviously, the season high in points. Um, I mentioned that earlier. I think, but seven assists, six rebounds, and just the defensive effort he put in in that fourth quarter next to Matisse Thybulle at the top of that two-three zone. I, I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like that. Like, it's just crazy. Uh, I hope we get to see it again sometimes. But it's, I don't I don't think it should be like we should just start playing a zone defense like Miami kind of did in the playoffs last year because there's a lot of ways for teams to exploit that. But in, like, certain situations like this one where um, I forget his name, but one of our assistant coaches, he was with the Pacers last year. And Doc Rivers, we know he was with the Clippers last year. And – the Clippers had a comeback kind of similar to the ones one that the Sixers had this year, and they got back into the game by using his own defense. And I read something that Doc Rivers and the assistant, I, I'm just blanking on his name right now, who was with the Pacers before, they're talking about how we could possibly um, turn to that zone defense, even though Tobias Harris said that we hadn't practiced it at all pretty much um, before today. So it's, you know, it's just... I can't get over it because it just amazes me so much. But um, Ben Simmons, great performance for him. 
Yeah, overall, I mean, a lot of Sixers are noteworthy for how good they played. Uh, Seth Curry and Danny Green were not. Uh, Curry wasn't that bad. He only had nine points. He shot three nine, including one of four from three. Danny Green was 0 four from three. Bradley, I believe, got the start, which I'm happy about. He didn't get more minutes than Dwight, but that didn't really matter. Dwight Howard with 10 re- or 15 rebounds in 25 minutes. You know, obviously, that's what he does now. I mean, it's amazing. And then, obviously, let's address the elephant in the room. Furkan Korkmaz, 17 points. I don't know if he went too far in depth in yet. Three of five from three. He was on fire in the fourth quarter. And without him, I don't know if he won this game. Yeah, he was one of the big shot makers. Tobias, like, he was the one who was um, getting back-to-back buckets when we were down and crawling back into it. But then when we were, like, in a little bit of a stalemate, Furk was the one who started hitting those threes that put us in the lead. Um, but I just want to go on a little bit of a spiel. <laughs> I, I don't use that word very often, spiel. It just sounded <laughs> funny when it came up, came off my tongue. But um, Seth Curry and Danny Green, you talked about how they didn't play so great. It says, not only does it say a thing or two about Matisse Seibel and Furkan Korkmaz and how they played last night um, when you see them in the closing lineup, but it says a thing about Curry and Green too because they were um, just uninspiring not a great performance from them. Um, but one more thing I want to touch base on, Dwight Howard, he had a good game, double-double. That's his second of the season, I believe. And um, Tony Bradley, like you said before, you'd like to see him start. That wish came true. But he did not do particularly well in this game. Um, he was minus 16 in the minutes he played, or the team was minus 16 in the minutes he played. And in the minutes Dwight played, we were plus 23. Now, like, granted, it was kind of – like that plus 23 is kind of carried because Dwight was on the floor the whole time when we had that massive comeback. But um, still, it shows you how much better our bench played than some of our starters did last night. Yeah, and obviously Howard proves that he deserves to start a role whenever Embiid's out. But, you know, if How- I'm, I'm, you know, everybody has a bad night. So if he has another bad game without Embiid, I wouldn't mind starting him one more time to see what it's like. And obviously if he has another bad game, then – shows that Howard should definitely be our backup starter. Yeah, and I don't really think it matters too much because Dwight's probably going to be the one getting more minutes when it comes down to it, and the energy he brings off the bench uh, definitely helps the second unit. And Dwight himself has said that he really doesn't care if he's coming off the bench or starting. Uh, He just wants to do whatever he can to help the team win. That's the type of attitude um, that helps teams win championships, you know. It's great to see that in the locker room. And I talked about this before, but the chemistry that this team has is so great. You got guys looking out for one another, and Dwight Howard is one of those guys. He's just willing to take on whatever role the team needs him to. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, that's going to conclude our talk about the game. Uh, obviously, we'll give our record and schedule-wise um, in a couple seconds. But let's talk about J.J. Redick. So the Pelicans are reportedly shopping J.J. Redick. And I think they should be shopping a lot of guys on the team, including Lonzo as well. Uh, so Redick, we're one of the three destinations that Redick is probably going to go to if he does get traded. If we can get Redick, I'll tell you what, Drew, that's that's a solid bench player right there, impossible starter when guys are out or hurt. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it would be great to have J.J. on the team, but here's the catch. You know, there's a reason why he's not getting too many minutes in New Orleans. He's... He's getting older. He's not quite the same player he used to be. I still think he can do a lot of the things that we see him do, where like running off the screens and hitting tough shots and just being able to knock down open three pointers, catch and shoot, whatever. Um, but like the thing is that 
I, I don't like I don't know how much we need a guy like that with the roster. You look at it, you see Furkan Korkmaz, Shake Milton, um, Seth Curry, and then Danny Green, who are all guys that can, you know, they're like sh- guards who can shoot threes. It's like pretty much the prototype that JJ is. And I, I mean, if he's like if he's happy with coming to Philadelphia and maybe not playing a ton of minutes, then I'd by all means welcome him. But if he wants to come here and get minutes, I'm not sure. I think he should probably look in a different place. Yeah, and the one thing with JJ that I will say is I don't know how what I want to give up. Uh, if we are offered a second-round pick for JJ, then I will do the trade. But I, I don't want to give up anybody. The only guys I would be willing to give up, really, I'd be willing to give up Ferguson. I mean, if they even want these guys, I'd be willing to give up Ferguson, Scott, Paul Reed, Ray John Tucker. I don't even know about Paul Reed. I, I still want to see what he can do, but he's probably going to end up off the team anyway soon. Poirier, and other than that, I don't even. I want to keep Joe over him, but it's. I mean, what are we going to have to trade for? You know, the Pelicans are probably going to overshop a little bit, but who knows? Maybe there is a package that would include Lonzo, so that would be interesting. I highly doubt it, but that that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Lonzo is a good fit on this team, and I wouldn't really be interested in that. And I, I disagree. Get Brandon Ingram. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't think they'd be looking to move on from Brandon Ingram or something. I know, but yeah. Um, he's one of my favorite players that's why i make that joke yeah. everyone that's why yeah um but honestly i don't think his value would be that high i think we could probably get him for like a conditional second round pick because he's just not playing minutes for them they're not really in the playoff race as of right now and a tough western conference i don't think they're gonna make it in there anytime soon so i think they'd be willing to move on for him for a bag of chips pretty much so it, it would be I I think it's worth what kind of bag of chips? What kind of bag? Maybe like Doritos. I don't know, but come on, you gotta get char and cheddar and sour cream. (laughs) (laughs) Little off topic there. Yep. So overall, seventy six is going to fifteen and six with the win. They go to two and a half games up in the Eastern Conference for that number one seed. Later on this week, seventy six was play Charlotte on Wednesday. Uh, That game is on the road. And then they play Portland Thursday at home. And Saturday, they end the week with Brooklyn at home. So three, well, now two exciting games. You know, if you're a LaMelo rider, then I guess you could say Charlotte's an exciting game. But we're definitely getting two exciting games later on this week. Yep. And you mentioned it earlier. We have a two and a half game lead over the Nets for first place. The Bucks, we have a three game lead over there in third. They play Portland tonight. So that's a game to look out for. They could be a tough opponent if Portland beats them. Yeah, that really helps us out a little bit. I think the Sixers are on the right path to finish with that one seed. And we know how good they are at home. If the route to the finals comes through Philadelphia, then I I like our odds. You know, go Sixers. And thank you for listening.